So today's episode is going to be a follow-up from yesterday in which I talk more about the salary cap issues for some of the teams that are in the red and how the New Jersey Devils could take advantage of it. So buckle up, there's a lot to talk about, and I hope you have your account on standby. Your Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. So, as promised, today is going to be a follow-up episode from yesterday in which I elaborate more on the salary cap situation for some of the NHL teams that are currently in the red. However, before I continue with today's topic, I first have to give a shout-out. So, shout-out to Big Irish Chris for leaving me a good review on Apple Podcasts. He said, happy to have found this podcast through Devil's Twitter. You can tell right off the bat, Trey is a real fan and knows his stuff. I actually really appreciate that he distills each episode down into quality content and no filler. The episodes are the perfect length and don't drag on like many other podcasts. Top-notch product. Well, thank you, Chris. I really appreciate that. You know, I try to lay out a foundation for each and every episode. And like I said, I I really only got 20 minutes to speak, so I really don't want to do any fillers or things of that nature. But speaking of foundation, let's get back to today's topic, which is salary cap. So if you missed yesterday's episode, I basically talked about how silly season and also salary cap situations kind of tie in with one another. So for any of my religious listeners, you know that I like to do silly season discussions. More recently, I did one on Kevin Fiala. Last year, I did one on Morgan Riley and his situation with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And I said that my point is coming into light a little bit more in terms of like maybe we should have pursued after someone like Morgan Riley. Because if you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, they're in the red when it comes to salary cap. And they, they might have no choice but to trade away a few assets. You got Jack Campbell. He's said to be an unrestricted free agent. So maybe the Devils can pounce on that opportunity. But whatever the case might happen, I'm really excited to see what the Devils can do during the course of this offseason. Obviously, we do have that second overall pick it's more and more likely that the Devils will hold on to that and try to draft a top-notch prospect to just add to the pipeline and just add to the more excitement that our young guys can fulfill with our organization but still that that's something on the table and Tom Fitzgerald has stated that he is willing to part ways with it if it's for the right player so just a little bit of a side note the Devils are projected to get 25.3 million dollars in cap space but the projected cap number assumes that anyone who is a free agent is not signed and therefore does not count against it for example brat wood and zaka are not signed so they do not take away from the 25 million or so from the devils so someone like jesper brat is due for a big payday because of the season he was able to have in which he led our team in assists points and he was tied with jack hughes for most goals on the team and then for someone like miles wood he is probably not in a position to be too picky because he did have an injury riddled year in which he was only able to appear in three games and I said the best case scenario for him was just to not play at all and no one really listened to me because they said it's a contract year for him so he has to try to show out and I just said he is not ready to come back and we threw him into the fire there was no reason to but digressing a little bit and for someone like Zaka Zaka is just specifically going to be used as a trade pawn throughout the course of this offseason can he return to the Prudential Center? Maybe, but I think the main priority for Pavel Zaka and his future with the New Jersey Devils is just 
moving on from the New Jersey Devils in general. So just putting that out there. So 10 teams are in the red when it comes to salary cap. You got the Montreal Canadiens, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Boston Bruins, Toronto Maple Leafs, Minnesota Wild, Florida Panthers, San Jose Sharks, Dallas Stars, and the Philadelphia Flyers. So courtesy of AllAboutTheJersey.com, a site for SB Nation, they released an article involving all the teams that are currently in the danger zone when it comes to finance. They explained teams that the Devils could potentially exploit this offseason. So when you're looking at a team like the Montreal Canadiens, I touched on it in the last episode. I said the Montreal Canadiens really don't really have any room to work with. They they literally have no salary cap to work with. And despite Carey Price not really being in the overall trade discussions you know deep down the Montreal Canadiens are thinking about possibly cutting ties with them now he does have a no trade clause so he does have the marbles uh, in his favor due to the fact that uh, he can pick and choose as to which team he could get traded to so hopefully he picks the New Jersey Devils but ultimately you know Carey Price is thinking about this deep down which is Montreal Canadiens are going in full rebuild he's getting up there in age and maybe it's time for Price to just move on out of there because it doesn't seem like he's in the plans long term and that's why I did a silly season discussion involving Carey Price because even if the Devils aren't the front runners or or if they're not even in the trade discussion at all you know that uh, Carey Price is sooner rather than later going to be dealt away from the Montreal Canadiens that's my personal opinion I'm not locked on Canadians so I can't really elaborate much further on that but my one argument was that why would you expose him in the Seattle Kraken draft yes you can make the argument saying he was uh, bound to have a shoulder surgery at the beginning of next year and they were trying to call off the Seattle Kraken's bluff but if you really like a player that much uh, and, and if I'm the Seattle Kraken and I see Carey Price, yeah, maybe I can't use him right away, but he could definitely benefit me going forward. So personally, I feel as though Carey Price um, is on borrowed time when it comes to the Montreal Canadiens. And even Carey Price's wife, his own wife, said that she was prepared to move out to Seattle. So just putting that out there a little bit. But ultimately, I think I've touched enough about the Montreal Canadiens. I think I touched enough about uh, Minnesota Wild. We all know that the Minnesota Wild are not really in an ideal situation. They kind Kind of have a salary cap crunch and they're going to have to deal someone away even if it's not Kevin Fiala but I talked about how I don't believe the Minnesota Wild are in a position similar to Miles Wood to be too picky as to what they want just due to the fact that you know you kind of botched it when it comes to Kevin Fiala so you're going to have to pay the consequences but we'll see what happens but those are just two of the 10 teams that are kind of in the danger zone now let's talk about some of the other teams once again courtesy of allaboutthejersey.com and I'll give my initial reaction so Tampa Bay Light also technically uh, has no space for next season already. They are, are contending for the Cup, so uh, they presume that there's going to be some circumstances that are going to go their way. And I personally don't see the Tampa Bay Lightning doing anything to the roster, you know, drastically, if, if that makes sense. Because they are contending for the Cup, and uh, obviously the, they are back-to-back champions. They're trying to be back-to-back-to-back champions this season. They just beat the um, the Toronto Maple Leafs in round one. So we'll see what happens. But I think the biggest story would have to be uh, Las Vegas because they cracked at $91 million in cap used for the 2021-2022 season. We already know that they're going to have to make a coaching change because they recently cut ties with Peter DeBoer and they had six players on LTIR 
and miss the postseason. Those six may be back and healthy, so room is going to be needed. So uh, that's worth mentioning for the Vegas Golden Knights, which is maybe you could take advantage of a team like that and just try to get someone. So uh, my buddy Jersey Joe actually sent me a message last night, and he said that Riley Smith is expected to be a hot commodity on the free agent market. So that can definitely be something interesting that the New Jersey Devils could pursue because when looking at Riley Smith and his overall production for Vegas this past season, he appeared in 56 games. He had 16 goals, 22 assists for a grand total of 38 points. So I feel as though Smith could definitely give us some uh, much needed depth at our bottom six, if I'm being completely honest. So uh, he definitely has the decent production numbers to back it up, but I don't think he'll be a main priority, but I'll definitely do a silly season episode on something like that in the future. So that's something definitely worth mentioning, which is maybe the Devils can find someone under the radar once again and can uh, be proven to you know be beneficial for them going forward if they're under the right system. And uh, that's something that's definitely worth mentioning in terms of just looking at some of these teams that are currently in the red. So before we continue, I want to give you guys the first live read this morning. And it comes from our friends at Built Bar. And I'm going to get you guys hip to birthday cake puffs. So imagine dipping your fingers into that plastic tube of birthday cake frosting and then opening your eyes and realizing that it was only 150 calories and 16 grams of protein. That's what it's like to eat a birthday cake puff from Built. I just received uh, my birthday cake puffs and I've never had anything like this before. They're they're soft and easy to chew. They're available right now, and you can't. And I can't promise that they're going to be there tomorrow. So get them today at built.com. If you haven't tried the puffs, I'll let you in on a little secret because that's what friends do, right? A chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. Yeah, you heard me right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. Make every day your birthday with Built's birthday cake puffs. Built has taken the delicious experience of biting into a fresh slice of birthday cake, and it, and they covered it in 100% white chocolate and added sprinkles with 150 calories. 16 grams of protein and only nine grams of sugar this limited time flavor is an amazing option if you are looking for a healthy way to get flavor and variety in your day all built puffs are covered in 100 real chocolate that means with built you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing so and they are made with collagen protein which makes your body absorb more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits go to built.com and get birthday cakes puff right now the offer is go to built.com use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off your order again use promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at built.com and now the second live read comes from our friends at bet online so our partners at bet online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info find all the latest odds news and sports developments including this year's basketball playoffs mlb scores fights the Stanley Cup playoffs, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so let's look more about the salary cap issues that some of these teams are facing. So we've talked about the Tampa Bay Lightning. We've talked about the Vegas Golden Knights. We talked about the Montreal Canadiens and also the Minnesota Wild. But let's talk about Boston. So according to AllAboutTheJersey.com, Boston is the first team on the list with a little room for next season. Less than $2 million is little. This number will go up a little when guys are reassigned to Providence, but not by a whole lot. Remember that their projected cap space assumes their free agents are not signed. So so if Patrice Bergeron calls it a career, it does not help Boston here. I see some Bruins defenders making a lot of insignificant sum of money that could be moved, but that's a guess. And they could also move on from Craig Smith for more relief. The major fours will be harder to move as each uh, have some kind of clause. So here's the thing. 
Could we try to pursue a defenseman from the Boston Bruins? I'm definitely going to have to do a crossover with uh, Ian of Locked On Bruins to find out more about that. But it goes to show you that even the teams that you know you don't really think of could potentially help us out. So I think the biggest one on this list is going to have to be the Toronto Maple Leafs because I recently found an article online saying that there's five players that the New Jersey Devils could pursue from the Toronto Maple Leafs. I plan on doing a crossover with Jersey Joe about that and discussing it a little bit more. I remember talking more about it last offseason, obviously, with uh, Morgan Riley and his situation. So Toronto lost in the first round of the playoffs, again, no surprise, in Game 7 on their home ice. Oh, boy, I, I would hate to be a Toronto Maple Leafs fan right now. The last time they made it to the second round of the playoffs was back in 2004. That's when Toby Maguire was still uh, the main Spider-Man. And I'm pretty sure people were still paying for ringtones and had flip phones back then so I was in kindergarten guys so I wouldn't know firsthand but overall you guys get the point it's been a while since the Toronto Maple Leafs have made it past the first round so uh according to all about the jersey.com once again they said Toronto was outstanding in uh in this season but something surely has to give up even after demoting uh some of their AHL call-ups the team is only going to have a couple of million dollars more to play with than the 2.2 million they have right now so one of the things I told you guys was like be on the look out for someone like Jack Campbell who is set to be an unrestricted free agent and is a pretty good goalie and according to Dave McCarthy who is a Toronto correspondent for NHL.com and Sirius XM NHL radio he said in a tweet that Jack Campbell is going to leave the negotiating up to his agents and Campbell also said this statement winning here means everything to me I love the city of Toronto I love the fans the support of my teammates are absolutely incredible I just absolutely love being a Leaf but I feel like there's a but to it, as in, I feel as though that Campbell loves Toronto, but I'm sure he loves money a little bit more because Jack Campbell is heavily underpaid, and I don't think the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to be able to satisfy his financial needs, and if a team like the New Jersey Devils say, like, look, we have Dougie Hamilton, we have an established young big three forward in Heischer, Brat, and Hughes, we just need a bona fide good goalie, and we can have Mackenzie Blackwood, who was set to be our starting goalie, but now we'll move him to the backup role. We just need you to come here and take our team to the next level, and I promise you, we will get out of the uh, first round uh, way quicker than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I'm just saying that, uh, you know, make that sort of pitch to Jack Campbell, which is we have the tools, we have the young pieces that are ready to take their games to another level. We have a lot of young guys in our pipeline that are said to be great as well. So someone like Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes, Slavkovsky, Nemish, or maybe Cooley, whoever that third young guy is going to be. And we just need you to just round it all out. And we promise you, we can advance past the first round way quicker than the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I think I've touched on the Toronto Maple Leafs enough. And like I said, we're definitely going to do a couple silly season episodes involving the Toronto Maple Leafs because they are the more interesting team in terms of salary cap uh, space and how they're going to function moving forward because the Toronto Maple Leafs cannot keep doing what they're doing, which is just keep getting knocked out in the first round because the Toronto Maple Leafs had a legitimately good season. But how many of those seasons can you get? You're like a cat with nine lives and, you know, you can't be cheating death all the time. So they finished second. 
second in the Atlantic Division behind the President Trophy's winners, the Florida Panthers, and the Maple Leafs had a record of 54-21-7. So once again, fantastic season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's just a shame they cannot get past the first round. I legitimately wanted them to win, but now that they're on the losing side and they have this salary cap issue, they're in the red. This is an opportunity for a team like the Devils to possibly exploit them and try to get another piece. So we touched upon Minnesota and how they're going to have to move someone. There's no ands, ifs, or buts about it. It's just a matter of who are they going to move and to which team. That That's the question of the day. And like I said in yesterday's episode, most likely they're not going to demand for Jack Hughes because that's not going to help their salary cap issue. And the second overall pick, it's debatable. But at the same time, I see it more and more likely that the New Jersey Devils are going to Hold on to that, and I don't think we need to trade the second overall pick for the services of Kevin Fiala. I agree with most of you in that regards, but let's go out west, shall we? Let's look at the San Jose Sharks. So Doug Wilson stepped down in April. The team is clearly in a state where they need to start over and build from anew. I kind of agree with all about the jersey in that regards. They have $5.6 million in cap to start is not optimal, and they have eight pending restricted free agents. Some will be demoted to the AHL team, but if they call up players to replace them, then that makes the space... Uh, you know, a little bit more difficult as well. The combined $25.5 million in space between some of their players like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns for the next four seasons is painful weight on the books. So, uh, you know, I, I, a player that I had in mind was Timo Meyer, and I reached out to uh, Locked on Sharks, like, what's it going to take? And they just did a Simpsons uh, gif at me saying, go away. Because, look, Timo Meyer, I get that you want to hold on to him. I get he's a great player, but at the same time, you're going to have to face the music and I did put out a poll uh, recently on Locked On Devils' Twitter page, which is, which player do you want to see the New Jersey Devils trade the second overall pick for? So some of the options I put were, like, obviously Kevin Fiala. I also put uh, Matthew Kachuk, Timo Meyer, and also Quinn Hughes. So Matthew Kachuk won it, uh, 61% of the vote. Then uh, Quinn Hughes, 29%, which kind of surprised me. And then Timo Meyer, 10%. And nobody voted for Kevin Fiala. So I think the jury is in. I, I think the final verdict is that nobody wants to trade away the second overall pick for Kevin Fiala. And that's kind of uh, tough to argue. But now look at the Philadelphia Flyers. They are the epitome of what not to do with contracts. Why do you sign Rasmus Rissalayan to a big deal? He's extended at $5.1 million. I don't get it. Then Kevin Hayes, Cam Atkinson, Oscar Lindblom. I, I don't get it. Like, what, what are the Flyers doing? Are they trying to screw themselves up? That's one of the reasons why they're in the red. And they are barely just in the red on the account of having less than $6 million in cap space while being a bad team. So the Flyers are kind of in a complete funk right now. They have a lot of contracts. They finished last in the Metropolitan Division. I don't know what they're going to do, but, you know, I'm just glad we're not the Flyers. So uh, it can always be worse for some teams, and the Philadelphia Flyers are the epitome of it. Why do you trade your first-round draft pick for Rasmus Ristolainen? That made no sense because I said that Rasmus Ristolainen could possibly help us on the power play, but in terms of his five-on-five, he's pretty mediocre. There's nothing really special about him, so I don't really get it. Like, the Philadelphia Flyers and... Then we're looking at Dallas. Uh, they have 13 uh, million and change in projected space and can pick up a couple more after demotions to the Texas Stars. And, you know, some of their restricted free agents include Jason Robertson and a few others. But I, I just feel as though, you know, we're not really going to focus on the Dallas Stars because uh, are they in the red? Yes. But is it a team that we can really prey upon? Probably, definitely no. 
So it goes to show you guys that the New Jersey Devils, there's a handful of teams that they could possibly exploit to try to, you know, obtain some of these players. And something that I'm going to talk about in a future episode is an article that was written by uh, Shayna Goldman from The Athletic. She recently released an article that, you know, hit the nail on the head in regards to the New Jersey Devils and pursuing some uh, potential players to help their roster because according to her accounts, the New Jersey Devils will not be afraid to spend cap space, but they got to do it in a smart way. So, you know, we got Nico Heischer, we got Jack Hughes, and we got Dougie Hamilton signed to long-term deals. And fun fact, outside of those three, nobody is signed outside of 2023 and 2024, probably for the best, just because, you know, uh, we want we, we want to be conservative when it comes to just, um, you know, spending our money and we got to be smart about it because we don't want to end up like the Philadelphia Flyers where we sign a lot of guys and we're all of a sudden in just a complete funk. We've hit uh, a wall and we can't get past it because the, the Philadelphia Flyers might have some cap space available, but they have all these bad contracts and they're last in the Metropolitan Division. So that's not the ideal circumstance you want to be in going into next year. So once again, I feel as though the New Jersey Devils are in a good position to pounce on some of these teams. And it's one of the reasons why I decided to do a two-part episode on this. And, you know, I gave you guys uh, the opinions of all about the Jersey.com. And I feel as though they hit the nail on the head when it comes to just looking at these teams in the red in terms of salary cap. And remember, uh, we're, we're destined to pay Jesper Bratt. I don't think Miles Wood would be too expensive. And Pavel Zaka at this point, he's just going to be used as a pawn in trade deals from moving forward, even if we don't deal him. Uh, at the uh, conclusion of the offseason, if he does happen to return to the New Jersey Devils, then I figure that, uh, you know, he's still going to be used as a pawn come the trade deadline, whatever the case might be. Or maybe he could surprise us. I don't know. But overall, you guys get the point, which is the New Jersey Devils, there is definitely room for them to just try to take advantage of some of these teams. And they don't even have to bring in the second overall pick because... Uh, some of these teams, they're in a position where beggars can't be choosers and they're going to have to take what, what they could get. And if last year's uh, draft taught me anything is that, you know, any trade deals are possible when it comes to manipulation. Because I just mentioned and something that I'm still passionate about is like, why would the Flyers trade their first round pick for the services of Rasmus Ristolainen? Like, you know, his services are, you know, decent, but at the same time, he, he could still be replaced just to, just as ease. I don't I don't I don't know what their mentality was because I said the New Devils should stay steer far away from him and that I, I just don't feel like he could benefit us going forward. But overall, I'm not locked on Flyers. I'm not locked on Sabres, so I can't speak on that behalf because the Sabres were trying to get rid of Brassus versus the line for a few years. But uh, overall, you know, it, it can always be worse, but I think the Devils are in a pretty decent situation to just, you know, put their foot on the gas pedal and move forward. And that's something I want you guys to keep in mind when I do silly season discussions, which is it's probably not out of the ordinary that the Devils can, you know, possibly obtain someone like Jack Campbell. I'm sure, like, you know, Jack Campbell would be willing to go to a team like the New Jersey Devils because, let's face it, we're young and we have a lot of talent that is, you know, destined for greatness. You know, Nico Heischer was an all-star a couple years ago. Then you got Jack Hughes. He was an all-star this past season. And the fact of the matter is Jack Campbell is 30 years of age. And if he could provide us like three or four years of good service, then I believe the New Jersey Devils could legitimately be maybe a contender in like three or four years, maybe. Like if they 
if they make the right uh, moves, if they're conservative about their signings, their drafting, whatever the case might be, because that's all we need from Jack Campbell. Like if we were to sign someone like him, we just need three or four years of good service and also patience. That's the that's the key thing. We need patience as Devils fans because I know we want to get back to what we once were, but let's just be patient about our approach. So let me know what you guys think about the Devils' approach this offseason. I know this was a two-parter episode. In, in yesterday's episode, I gave a more general stance on the cap space uh, situation for some of these teams, but in today's episode, I elaborated on a little bit more. And once again, shout out to allaboutthejersey.com for releasing that article and putting that into the light. So let me know what you guys think. Uh, hit me up on my personal Twitter page at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. Leave a comment down below if you're watching on YouTube. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you guys. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.